This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What be the fuck is up, everybody? Of course, I'm Tim Geddes, and I'm joined by freshest motherfucker I've ever seen, Blessing at AOEA Jr. How you doing, Bless? On Fridays, we wear pink, Tim. We do. We do. I'm wearing, you know, a shade of pink. The dark it's pink. Not, no. Very dark no. pink, like a maroon pink. They you call know that what I mean? burnt orange, Tim. Bur- this is the burnt, burnt orange look, orange. everybody. What's up? What's up? How, how was Mean Girls the musical? Mean Girls the musical was fantastic. It mm-hmm. blew me away. It was better than it had any right being, way, mm-hmm. way above my expectations. And I will say, I didn't know what I expected. Yeah. You know, I was invited to go watch Mean Girls the musical, and I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, I'll, I'll check it out. I, I, I like... Mean Girls, I know is a beloved thing. I vaguely remember watching Mean Girls back in the day. I rewatched it for this musical, enjoyed it a lot on, on the rewatch. And I was like, yeah, dude, I'll do I'll do a Mean Girls musical. Why not? It was mm-hmm. fantastic. The mm-hmm. so, the um the songs in the dance numbers blew me away. The choreography blew me away. Tim, mm-hmm. uh, do you ever think you'll see Mean Girls the musical? I don't know what Oh, I hope be... so. Oh, I definitely hope so. I'm yes. going to spoil one thing. For Go you. for it. It's okay. They have video walls, Tim. Oh and shit. And they use the things. fuck out of those yeah. video walls. Yeah. yeah. It was very impressive. We could throw a musical here. I mean, honestly, we could watching that. I was like, "Yo, we could do shit like oh, that." Oh yeah, dude. Because it was it was a oh, lot yeah. of motion graphics, a lot of transitioning from one location to another on like a drop of the beat, right? Where you hear like the beat drop, and all of a sudden, boom, like you're in class or you're at home or somewhere else. It was really cool. I love that. Yeah, I, love I think that. you would really enjoy it. Thank you. I appreciate you knowing my tastes and recommending things. I will watch that because of you. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. it's in town until. I think like Saturday. Or no, oh wait, really? Yeah, Fuck, you have like I a, won't see. It. You have a you have like a week. I think it may, might come be the, back. They uh, always come back. Uh, yeah, we'll come back someday, or you can just travel to New York or somewhere. Uh, Shada Sunamura wants to know: Spoilers? Did Regina get hit by a bus? <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> Honestly, it's not even a spoiler because it's funny. In the musical, they start off with that. I don't think they did that in the movie, right? Where like in the movie it was at the very end, really. Like, yeah. Oh shit, a bus! Uh-huh. In the musical, they they preface it of like. Oh, this is the story of how Regina George got hit by a bus. And then it goes on. So, yes, she does get hit by a bus. And let me tell you, it is fucking glorious, <laughs> especially with the way they, they do it with the video wall. Oh, my God. It was fantastic. Oh, I love that so <laughs> much. Well, you know what, Bless? We're going to have to talk about Mean Girls later, unless we're talking about Mean Girls, the video game. A oh, lost video game. shout amazing. out Raymona. Yeah, Raymona did an amazing documentary about a lost Mean Girls video game uh, on the DS that you should definitely go check out on her YouTube channel. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about video game news because this is kind of funny games daily where each and every weekday we get together to talk about all the video game news that you need to know. You can watch it live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames or youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames as well. If you want to get it as a podcast, just search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Games Daily and we'll be right there for for you but if you wanted to get the show ad free let me tell you what bless oh, you don't go to from? youtube no you go to patreon.com yeah. slash kind of funny and you can do that you get a whole bunch of bonus content like the shit list like kind of beauty we're about to record a new kind of beauty today that's going to go up very excited about let me, let me that. tell you we're in a new season of kind of beauty and the questions have gotten harder Mm. The questions have gotten more difficult because I've gotten all the ob- more difficult. I've gotten all the obvious ones out of the way. Okay. Now I got to dig in my Duffy okay. to get the, the prompts out. And let me tell you, those prompts I had to reach deep into that Duffy. So yeah. Good luck. Well, I'm sure that this is going to be worth the dollar. You can go to Patreon.com/slash/kind-of-funny to get that. Um, on top of that, you can be a Patreon producer. 
like our dude Delaney Twining, and I appreciate all that. Let's see. Brendan Ryan says, you mean mad in it, Tim. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that mean means. Chat, chat needs to calm the fuck down today, okay? Mean it's mad. Friday. Me and Bless are trying to have a good time. I mean, I don't think Brendan, Brendan Ryan's writing gibberish. I feel like whatever they said, they must have meant well. I know. I'm, I'm sure they meant I don't, well. I don't know if they're trolling. I don't know who I'm mad at, actually, you if I'm mean being honest. Mad he it, made it, me it, mad. You mean mad at I didn't it. mean to be mad, but I am. Uh, it doesn't matter. I don't know what I'm even saying anymore. What I do know, I don't know what chat's saying. is that uh, today's stories include Nintendo confirms it won't be at E3. Mortal Kombat 12 is coming this year, this year. and more. Holy hell. Um, if you don't have dollars to toss our way on Patreon, though, that's cool. When you're on the Epic Game Store, you can use our Epic Creator Code. Kind of funny. And at no extra cost to you, we get money. It's fantastic. Honestly, best deal of <laughs> my no life. no extra cost. <laughs> Not because that's a great way to put it. But it's true. Yeah, we get money. Oh, it's yeah, great. It's so awesome. Uh, some housekeeping for you. A new episode of The Blessing Show is premiering this Monday, right after Kind of Funny Games Daily. You can tune in right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games Live because it's an episode you won't want to miss. I can't hype this one up enough i watched it again last night the final wow. cut and i loved it gia watched it she fucking loved it bless hell yeah loved it so i can't wait for you all to love it as well Let's go. um our reaction to the, the cool thing about it the cool thing about it again mm -hmm. don't want to say too much no but even if you're not a gamer i think you might like this I oh think, yeah i think that this is just good content period so you might want to share it with your non-gaming friends there's a bunch of losers out there that don't play video games of but course. hey they can enjoy content too um i i will well, sometimes make friends where i'm like where they they wonder what i do for work right and they're like oh yeah should i check any, any of your content out and i'm like no because most of my content is like podcasts me having a conversation about nerd shit that you probably won't care about i was hanging out with a friend the other day and i was like hey i'm gonna send you this video when it comes out because i think you'd appreciate this video. oh yeah Oh, yeah. yeah. It's very it's appreciable. That kind of um, and also, our reaction yesterday's state of play is up with our Gamescast post-show analysis of everything that we saw. You can check that out on all the familiar places. Um, today, we're brought to you by HelloFresh, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's get into what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A Baker's Dozen. Story number one. Coming in hot. Hot. This is some breaking, breaking news. Plus, we were just talking about this. I know that we've been, like, hyping them up a lot recently, mm. but it's, it's well-deserved, right? For, for years, there was a, a, a legend out there mm -hmm. named Nibel, Nibelian, oh, yeah. on Twitter. There's a, there's a new legend in town. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. My guy, new, Noble. Noble Knubel. <laughs> Knubel. His, Knubel. His, his, yes. his bio now just says, just pronounce it as Noble, even though oh. I think that's wrong, but I think he just gave up. He's like, just pronounce it as Noble. But I, I fucking love Noble on Twitter. Like he's he's very much picking up the mantle of what Nibel does. I'd say go over, give him some followers. Like I I, I really do think that he like their or their account is worth propping up in that way because they're doing the they're doing the good work. They, they're they helping really me are. out. Like in the way where I, where I earlier talked about when Nibel went away made my job immediately harder because now I it really is difficult to get a concise look at the quick news hits of what's worth talking about, what's worth not talking about, and also like where the original sources are from, all that stuff. Ever since I found Noble, it's made my job way easier in terms of putting together KFGD. And so, again, shout out to Noble. Yeah. Uh, and we, yesterday we were just talking about how, like, even in the last minutes leading into Games Daily, you got to do the last check of his Twitter just oh, to yeah. see his, if anything dropped. And we did just that. Yep. And thankfully we did because that's where we found out this news. Nintendo confirms it won't be at E3 2023. This comes from Rachel Kayser over at VentureBeat. Nintendo Today confirmed reports that it will not take part in this year's upcoming Electronic Entertainment Expo. The company revealed that 
the show didn't fit into its event plans and will not have a presence on the show floor. The company said in its statement, we approach our involvement in any event on a case-by-case basis and are always considering various ways to engage with our fans. Since this year's E3 show didn't fit into our plans, we've made the decision to not participate. However, we have been and continue to be a strong supporter of the ESA and E3. Nintendo first reported last month that none of the big three game publishers... Sorry, IGN first reported last month that none of the big three game publishers, Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft, would be at this year's E3 event, which returns as an in-person event on June 13th to June 16th. Event organizer Reed Pop said in a statement that it remains committed to delivering the best show possible and is excited to share more information on show format and the fantastic exhibitors taking part in the near future. Nintendo was present at the last in-person E3 event in 2019, and it also held a virtual direct during the 2021 event. Mm. So did it? Uh, yeah, didn't it? An E three. I mean, it did a Nintendo Direct, but was it was was it connected to E three? That's a good. Sometimes they have put an E three Direct, so maybe, maybe. I can't recall. Yeah, please, please let us know. But Um, what what do you think about this? Well, first of all, I see a lot of people in chat asking for uh, at Nobles uh, at right. If you want to follow Noble on Twitter, it is spelled K N O E B E L. B-R-O-E-T. Yeah, I was so, trying to bring it up in a timely fashion, and I also was having problems. Yeah, them. there it so, is on screen. Uh, there you go. Yeah, so if you're a video watcher, you can see the account. If you're an audio listener, then, yeah, there's the spelling. Um, but, yeah, this is – it's interesting, right? It's nice getting, getting this confirmation right after we got the IGN report last week about how none of the big three are going to be at E3. But, yeah, Nintendo coming out and saying it, right? We approach our involvement in uh, in any event on a case-by-case basis are um, and are always considering various ways to engage with our fans. Since this year's E3 – show didn't fit into our plans that's the part that i want to read into because like what are their plans <laughs> i guess is the question there are there plans summer game fest well there are plans for pax east mm-hmm. which i think is interesting because pax east also read pop read pop right so um some of their plans at least are there i don't expect that to be anything too major um nintendo's usually a part of gdc as well that's also not like we're not going to get tears of the kingdom there mm-hmm. probably um but we will probably get a a nice suite of indie games or or smaller titles yeah, to, like to a check Nintendo out indie world showcase? something something like that usually they, they time those around gdc and then we get to go uh downtown and, and get our hands on games. a whole bunch of them so i imagine that they'll do that again this year because they have every year and even when there was like pandemic times i feel like they did some virtual yeah. version like of that. the indie world i feel like i always time with either a gdc or i remember I don't know if they've done this lately, but usually PAX West. Maybe it's just because PAX West was gone during the pandemic. But for a while there, right, like the weeks leading into PAX West, you'd get a Nintendo Indie World Showcase. And I think then it was even still called Indies. Um, but yeah, they like to time that stuff out with, with events where press can go and check out these games. And when the, when the indie developers w- would want to show them off. And some of those um, indie directs, the GDC ones, have had some pretty exciting announcements. I remember that was uh, the event that they showed that Cuphead was coming to Switch. And like... Mm. Now that doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but then it was like, there's a Microsoft game coming to the Switch? What? This is wild. And we got to get our hands on that that day. So um, I'll never I, forget that day, because I remember you were, like, we were in the office, the old office, and you like ran over to the front of the office to see me, and you're like, Barrett, come, it's coming to Switch. It's crazy. Crazy. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think that we'll, we'll get some of those things. And with this Nintendo Direct that just happened, right? They kind of set the stage for their first half of the, the year. Um, we know Tears of the Kingdom, it's the big one. All eyes on that. Them dropping Metroid Prime Remastered, which... 
give a goddamn dog a bone, bro. Give a dog a How bone. How many stores do I need to go to to buy a physical copy of this game just to be disappointed that it's not there? I've been seeing that on Twitter that the oh physical edition is sold out a lot. Everywhere. Everywhere. I don't think there's one in California anymore. Like no. I legitimately went to like six different stores in the last couple days, and they just mm. don't have them, man. Is that a good sign for Metroid sales, though? Oh, I mean, you know. Like Metroid, typically for Nintendo, doesn't sell compared to like Animal Crossing and all the other stuff. But yeah. hey, if it's sold out, maybe everywhere. Or maybe Nintendo was like, y'all ain't going to buy this shit. Yeah, like, I, think, I think that's, that's <laughs> more the case. This reminds me of when Fire Emblem Awakening came out, and I'm just like, yo, I want to own this shit, man. My Switch collection is pretty damn nice, bless. Mm -hmm. Physical Switch collection. So I, I, I need this. If everyone has a hookup <laughs> on this, let me know. He needs this. I need this in my life. Uh, but anyways, uh, Nintendo kind of Gave a, a nice little roadmap of what we got. We know we got Pikmin 4 coming. Uh, we know we got Advance Wars finally actually finally. coming out. Um, the, all the DLC updates to their their other games as well. Um, I feel like that that handles the first half of the year. Mm -hmm. Adding some indie directs and things like that. And that really like flushes it, Do you the think rest of it out. If Nintendo doesn't have a June... Let's say Nintendo doesn't have a Nintendo Direct until, like let's say, September. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's okay? I do. I mean, they got Zelda in May, dude. Like, mm -hmm. that, that is such a huge deal. That is such a tentpole. That is a once-in-a-lifetime type situation. Not lifetime. Once-in-a-generation a type game. And it, we're getting two of them in the same generation. That's oh, yeah. absolutely wild. And you look at, um, we talk about PlayStation a lot in the next phase of PS5 games. Like, Ragnarok's another example of that. Of like, yo, they got Ragnarok. They can chill. They're okay. And uh, mm -hmm. especially with the supply um, shortages finally kind of being over and people being able to buy PS5s. Like, I imagine when phase two starts, it might be ushered in starting with Spider-Man 2. And then we'll get like a nice cadence of big titles coming out. That would be the expectation, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think on the Nintendo side, we're kind of coming on the other end of that, where Tears of the Kingdom's like probably the lower end. And I think that that's coming out in May. I don't expect them necessarily to have a June event. If they were going to, they would probably have an E3. Would this be the first time in a very long time they haven't had a june event if they don't have a june event this is less assuming that maybe they don't do the summer game fest or their own thing when, when was the last time they've skipped out on june i feel like pretty often right i, I don't i feel remember. like the last couple of years they, i feel like in 2020 they didn't have a june event okay because 2020 there was animal crossing and we're like what's next and then there was nothing and then a random day they were just like oh hey uh, the origami king paper mario oh, yeah. here's a tweet but they didn't have an event at all Oh, yeah, because I remember us being like, why are they announcing all this random shit via tweets? I remember that and era. That's all, and it wasn't all this random shit. It was like just that. Yeah. <laughs> like 2020 was dire for Nintendo, mm -hmm. um, with the exception of for Nintendo gamers. <laughs> for Animal Crossing fans, it was popping it was great. off. Yeah, if you're an Animal Crossing fan or if you really like Paper Mario, then 2020 was your year. Yeah. Um, except for the whole pandemic thing. But, like, yeah, I think this is, this is interesting because when I look at my Switch, right, I'm very excited for Tears of the Kingdom. I think most people who have a Switch are probably very excited for Tears of the Kingdom. But then I look at the second half, and I don't get as excited. You know, Pikmin's coming out. I am not a Pikmin person. I don't feel like Pikmin is one of those. It's Pikmin's, first half, right? That's July, I think. Oh, is it? Yeah. I thought it was June. Mm. Kind of funny in the comments because you're wrong. I'm pretty sure it's July. But, like, and, like, I mean, that feels, that, I mean, you can, you can lump uh, yeah. that in. That's so, close enough. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, I'm not a Pikmin person. I think regarding Pikmin, that is a, hey, this is for the Pikmin audience. I don't know. I don't think that's going to hit like 8 million sales for like Nintendo, um, like a first party game. But I mean, it could hit two or three. Yeah, which is going to be big for that audience. That's wild. Right? But I don't put that on like a, you know, that's not going to speak broadly to an audience that in the second half of the year might be wanting to look forward to something. 
Maybe that could be Pokemon. We got a Pokemon Presents coming out. Um, on or Monday. maybe it's Pokemon DLC, right? I will be live reacting to that, by the way. 6 a.m. Monday. <laughs> at this point, you're going to be on, on 6 a.m. On, on a Monday. Yeah. You're a madman. Yeah. Just a madman. Um, but hey, like maybe Pokemon DLC is that, right? Like Pokemon Scarlet and Violet sold so well oh, that yeah. if you announce DLC for Pokemon Scarlet Going. and Violet, that speaks to like 10 million people. Right? Oh, yeah. Like at least a good portion of the Scarlet and Violet audience are probably going to show up to that DLC. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that fills in the, the the second half of the year gap. I think my thing is I just want a couple of games announced for the second half of the year for Nintendo and I'll be straight. Yeah, I'm really not worried. Like we got Zelda coming like, th- mm-hmm. and that's in May. So that leaves a, a many, many, many months to come for the Switch. And honestly, there's so many games coming out this year that aren't ev- that aren't Nintendo that I'm not too concerned about it. And like they are filling in the holes with things like uh, Pikmin that I just feel like the Switch has done such a good job of like, look, Pikmin's not for me. I don't really mm-hmm. care. But Pikmin 4 coming out, that could be the, the time I'm like, I'm going to give this an honest shot, you know, because mm-hmm. the Switch has proven that it can be that. Kirby um, and the Forgotten Lands last year, I think, is a great example of I traditionally don't really like Kirby games. And that was one of my favorite games of last year. I don't think the Pikmin 4 is going to do that, but maybe it will. Um, but I, I still am holding out hope that we get a new Mario this year, whether 2D or 3D. Mm. It's time, and I just feel like it's going to happen. Um, and I think that the end of this year would make a lot of sense. But Nintendo, um, in the last couple of years, I don't think there's any reason to worry right now that we don't know what's happening in the second half of 2023. Mm. Like, Nintendo, at any moment, could just be like, yo, next month this game's coming out, and then a new Mario's here in our hands. Mm. Um, or it won't. And they've been quiet for a whole bunch of years recently in, in for half a year, whether it's the first or second, and kind of is what it is. We just keep moving on with, yeah. with our lives. I'm very, I'm very fascinated to see where they land this summer in terms of if they do an event, if they don't do an event. Um, them talking about, yeah, since this year's E3 didn't fit into our plans, we made the decision to not participate. However, we have been and continue to be a strong supporter of the ESA and E3. Do you read into that part at all? Do you even think that's just them being polite and being like, hey, we're not going to be here? Like, do you think they can say that and then show up at Jeff Keighley's thing or be connected to Jeff Keighley's thing? Uh, I mean, yes, I just don't think that they will. I, I mm. think that this is them being like, we don't have games for June. Like, mm. if Breath of the Wild was coming out at the end of June, guess what? They'd, be at, e- be, there, they'd yeah. be at E3. Then they'd probably be at, at Keighley's too, if that was possible. Um, but it's coming out in May. So they just don't have things to, to put in front of people. Um, so I think that like next year, if there is an E3, like they could be there if the timing added up. But I just like June hasn't been the the Nintendo time for a while now. Like I feel like 2018 was probably the last time, or 2019 was probably the last time we actually got like that traditional old school Nintendo. Hey, in June we're gonna announce everything that's coming for mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the year and maybe some hints at the following year as well. Mm. All right, I'm, I'm excited I'm- though. Excited for what E3? I mean, or for Nintendo. No, not for E3 at all. <laughs> period. But uh, for, hey, for I mean, Nintendo, like, man. Listen, right now it seems like they got E3's got Ubisoft. E3 possibly has Konami. <laughs> if we're yeah. to believe the the Jeffy Grub Grub, they, they, I mean, that could be a fun time. You know, when we talk about what E3 is means, Grub saying the, Konami now too. Um, I think he's. Isn't that part of what he what he talked about yesterday? It was VGC was yesterday, right? Sorry, VGC, not okay. Grub, gotcha, sorry, gotcha. sorry. Yeah, I was like, sorry. Oh shit, is Grub saying yeah, this no, too? Yeah, sorry, that's a good, good point. VGC talked about uh, Konami being an E3. When we talk about that June period and the the events happening close together, right? Like we got some of game fest that we're going to. We got E3 that we're probably going to, and we gotta like make the justification to possibly be in LA for it's not happening. over over a I, week. No, we don't. Like I, that is but, like, silly. It's just not happening. 
It's just not happening. That boys. that what that we be in LA yeah. for that long? It's just not happening. But like, like hey, if Mel your Solid Three and Castlevania yeah. are at E3, cool. Then we're in LA for a day to play the <laughs> one or two demos. Like I just have no faith that there's going to be enough things for game journalists to do for mm -hmm. the entire time that they're talking about this being a. Uh, uh, an event between Games Fest and um, E3, but we'll see what this all turns into. Like this, this, this is what, what I'll um, posit to you, Tim. Mm -hmm. All right, let's say Summer Game Fest happens Friday, like the the in person press come out, play games, demo games, and all that stuff, and they have <laughs> a demo for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth mm -hmm. Friday, mm -hmm. and then like. Greg is in emails talking to, you know, talking to Konami, talking to some Game Pass people, talking to whoever, talking to E3 people, mm -hmm. I should say. And they're only able to get us a press demo for Metal Gear Solid 3 Remake and Castlevania the Thursday after. Mm -hmm. What's the plan? We flying back? <laughs> we flying yeah, back? Probably. Why month. would you stay an entire week doing Hotels are expensive. Maybe, maybe there's a bunch of games in between that we could there's, play. There won't be. No, <laughs> I'm telling you right now. No, no, there no. won't be. Look, how many stories do we need to cover of people that won't be at E3? Well, and, and, like, and then on Monday. He E3 dream, all right? He hasn't uh, gotten the chance yet. <laughs> I've not been to E3. It yeah. hurts my soul. Yeah. What we'll do see. I need to do to go we'll to an see. E3 before I die? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we'll, we will definitely see. I don't know. Uh, let me put it this way, though, Bless. Mm. I think that there is a chance that we don't go to E3. <laughs> That's fair. Like, legit. Yeah. They need to make it worth it. Pretty, Otherwise, I mean, they, they, why would we? Uh, they already confirmed my E3 pass in my email. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think I signed up. <laughs> and they're like, hey, you're going to E3. And I'm like, I don't know if you make that decision, ESA. Yeah. Dude, we, we made that decision, and we're going to make the decision to leak your info. We have it all. We have it all. We'll see. I mean, I just want this shit to get cleaned up, and I want it to all work. I just don't have faith. Um... Speaking I, of not I having faith, faith story like number two. three in the atrium theater. What's the name of the theater? The shrine. The shrine theater. What's the atrium theater? The know. shrine theater. Yeah. Seven thousand people playing Metal Gear Solid Three on their Vitas. Yep. Yeah. Let's yep. go. Let's yep. go. That, that's possible. Uh, story number two. Mortal Kombat Twelve is coming this year. This comes from Logan Plant at IGN. Mortal Kombat 12 set to release this year, making 2023 an absolute juggernaut of a year for fighting games. Warner Brothers Discovery made the announcement during its earnings call today, uh, yesterday. Uh, a clip from the call that's being passed around on Twitter includes confirmation from Andrew Slabin, Warner Brothers Discovery's Executive Vice President of Global Investor Strategy. <laughs> that's a title. Can you imagine seeing that like, in like an NDA? You, like, oh, damn. you have to get two pages because of your title so long? Wow. <sighs> That uh, the Mortal Kombat 12 slated for 2023, uh, and there's a lot more to come, including the highly anticipated Mortal Kombat 12 and Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Games also set for release this year with ambitious launch projections. That was a direct quote from Slabin. Uh, we haven't heard anything official about Mortal Kombat 12 prior to this announcement. Very excited for this. So, like, it's funny. I saw um, last night after we like saw this live on the on the um, on Gamescast show, right? Try to look into it more, and I saw that it was during a financial meeting, and I was like. Uh, is this like fiscal year? Are they talking about fiscal year? And then I saw that their uh, WB's fiscal year actually lines up with the calendar year. And so it really does mean this year. Yeah. I'm very excited about this. Hey, Bless, did you hear? That what? Mortal Kombat 12 is coming out this year. This yeah. year? Yeah, this year. Oh, you're lying. Oh you're lying to me. Yeah. You're lying to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think this is exciting. We keep talking about this, but it is kind of the era of fighting games. I, I love that we're getting Street Fighter VI right when evo's uh coming about and then we have we know tekken 8's coming we know mortal kombat 12 officially mortal kombat 12 is happening will it be this year maybe yeah maybe not there's every chance that it could I, get delayed yes but also like i don't think that there's any reason we should expect it to be mortal kombat's been pretty 
good about hitting its dates, right? Like, I don't think that they've ever... Yeah. Mortal Kombat's been, like, very consistent, consistent for a long time. And they, they've they actually not done anything for a little bit. Yeah, we, like, we this got is the longest it's been since a NetherRealm, like, a full-fledged NetherRealm title. I think so. And, uh, yeah, that it must be, right? Yeah. And including the Injustice side of things. So, um, I if they say this, I, I have faith that it's gonna gonna happen. And also, NetherRealm games are freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's really cool and exciting. But do, I you just, have, do you have any wishes for Mortal Kombat 12? No. I mean, honestly, I've said this before, but, like, Mortal Kombat 12 is the least interesting thing for me when it comes mm-hmm. to what NetherRealm could be working on. Uh, just because I just think that they knocked 11 out of the fucking park. And with the Aftermath stuff, I'm just like, cool. Like, that was Mortal Kombat, and from a campaign story perspective, that mm. is the pinnacle of what I can expect from it. And that's what I like about it. I'm not that good at these games. I'm not getting in the competitive side. So I really, really um, revere uh, NetherRealm's ability to make a fighting game campaign, like, completely a triple-A video game story experience. Mm. Um, and I would love to see that applied to to something else, because I also really loved Injustice 2. Um, so... Just there's a lot of ideas in my mind where I'm like, even if it was another Mortal Kombat versus DC, which is weird, I think they could have a lot of fun with that in in this day and age. Yeah, I agree with that. And I also wonder, we talked about this for a while, just in speculation mode of the rumors have pointed to them doing Mortal Kombat uh, next as a project as opposed to Injustice 3, which is interesting because it's been now a long while since we got Injustice 2. And the last game we got from NetherRealm was Mortal Kombat. And so you would think that they'll make Injustice 3 next very interesting that they're not doing that, right? Very interesting that they're going straight into Mortal Kombat 12. And I wonder if that has, has anything to do with, like, the IP or WB. It must. Yeah? I mean, Mortal Kombat is huge. And I, I've said this many times when we, we talk about this game. But uh, working at IGN, there were very few moments or games or things that would just, no matter what, if you put it in the headline, you're spiking the traffic. And a Mortal Kombat character reveal was like... Mm-hmm. Just printing money. Should I change the headline of this episode? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Mortal Kombat that still- characters revealed. <laughs> that is the same for Injustice. I remember as well. The video that I uh, was involved in making that has the most amount of views on the internet is the every cutscene in Justice Two uh, video that I captured and uh, edited that has eight million views on IGN's YouTube. Um, and yeah, every time that they would do a character reveal, even for DLC, like after that game was out. Um, yeah, those those videos would fucking. That's the thing is, I injustice is is getting there in terms of what like I feel like for probably for IGN and for a lot of YouTube channels, a good view generator is Mortal Com- all Mortal Kombat eleven fatalities. Mm-hmm. Right, people just love going on YouTube, watching the fatalities, watching the cutscenes, doing all that stuff. I've seen a lot of injustice intros on like TikTok just mm-hmm. randomly or on YouTube randomly is just like, hey, here's all of Joker's interactions, like pre-match interactions with all the characters on the roster. And I see hella views on that shit, right? Like NetherRealm, they, they got the sauce. Like they got the stuff. They know oh, yeah. how to build um, the hype and excitement around like, hey, yeah, look at this cinematic that we made that you're going to nerd out over because it's either so gruesome or because you're seeing Robin talk to Batman, but it's this specific Robin and this specific Batman at this specific time period. Like, yeah. you know, they, 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 they nail that stuff. And... I think the back and forth of Injustice and Mortal Kombat lends to that, right? Like, we don't get too fatigued out of one or the other because, like, they usually ping-pong back and forth, and the quality of both is so good, right? That it's fun going back and forth. Um, I think by by the time we get to the next Injustice now, it's going to be a while since Injustice 2, which, you know, is probably going to mean that Injustice 3, when it comes out, is going to have a big pop, right? Because it's had, it's had time to chill and gestate. But, yeah, Mortal Kombat 12, no, it's... 
it being Mortal Kombat already means that it's going to do incredible, yeah. right? And so, like, I'm not, I'm not worried, but I'm just very curious on why not. Yeah. And to me, it's literally just a selfish thing of just, like, I love NetherRealm's story so much that, like, the idea of the the rumors of a Marvel versus DC game, I'm like, yeah. That would be such a That is dunk. the dream. But, yeah. like, I understand that that is uh, a, a wild dream to have. Yeah. But, hey, it's been the year of dream. Which turned into the decade of dreams. This is, Why not I mean, just make it the generation of dreams, everybody. That's my thing is, I mean, Mortal Kombat is such a smart, it's such a strong way to start the generation. Also, you know, like you could do that with Injustice, but I think having having your first game on the PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X be Mortal Kombat Twelve. That's a very good point. I didn't even think about yeah. the next gen side of things. Yeah, yeah, like hmm. we've not had a, a native Mortal Kombat to this gen. Sure, yeah, lead with that because I assume Mortal Kombat is probably the bigger seller between Injustice and Mortal Kombat, and so yeah, lead your lead off with that. Yeah. This five-star man writes in and says, Happy Friday, KFGD crew. With the uh, reveal of Mortal Kombat 12 releasing in 2023, I have two questions. First, when do you think we'll get an official reveal or trailer? And second, with Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and Tekken all releasing new games potentially within the same calendar year, what do you think it's going to take for one of these iconic franchises to stand tall when all is said and done? I would bet Mortal Kombat 12 gets revealed at a PlayStation showcase, right before E3 time. PlayStation showcase. PlayStation has been owning fighting games. That is, uh, that is insane if they did that. Yeah. I feel like Mortal Kombat and PlayStation haven't... It's, it's a Keeley thing to me. You think so? Yeah, Summer Game Fest. There was that picture... Lock it in. Oh, who posted it? There was a picture of, like, Ed Boon and Keeley and, like, a couple other devs... Just chilling, <laughs> like I'm, I was the dinner or something the other day, where I was like, okay, like Keely has the connections, so I think that could make sense. But I think PlayStation is trying to go hard with the fighting games, especially with them owning Evo and all that stuff. Now, here's the thing: mm-hmm. Street Fighter Six, six yeah. is not exclusive. No. What about Evo? You think Mortal Kombat 12 gets announced at Evo? I don't. I don't think Evil's big enough <laughs> for Mortal Kombat 12. Yeah, it's going to be Summer Game Fest. I really, mm-hmm. I really think it'll be Summer Game Fest. I, the Mortal Kombat PlayStation, I, I get what you're saying. I think that that's, there's something about the connection that I just don't see it happening. Yeah. It just doesn't feel right. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Want to do like a pizza bet on this? Yeah. I feel, I feel pretty strongly it. about add a PlayStation thing. All right, cool. All right, pizza bet. Like, I mean, Somebody keep tracking all of our pizza bets. PlayStation, yeah, please. We need a, a pizza bet tracker. Uh, mm-hmm. PlayStation has been good about... Uh, or not good. They they have in the past worked with Warner Brothers, right? Like mm-hmm. Arkham Knight was I mean, Harry Potter or Hogwarts uh, Legacy. You're right. Yeah, yeah that was PlayStation as well. So mm, yeah, maybe. I feel I feel very strongly about PlayStation because yeah. I think yeah, the connection between WB is there. The PlayStation now literally owning Evo and also doing the PlayStation tournaments thing on their Twitch channel all the time and really wanting to own and push the fighting game genre. I and. We got Street Fighter Six at the State of Play before E3 last year. We got Tekken 8 announced at the State of Play in September last year. We're going to get Mortal Kombat at a PlayStation Showcase. And that's PlayStation being like, yo, we got the big three of fighting games. Yeah. That would be That would be, really That'd be fucking wild. insane. I, it, I'm already excited about Mortal it. Mortal Kombat <laughs> just feels so Keely, though. It feels so Summer Game Fest. Like, mm-hmm. like if it was if Game Awards timing added up, I'd be like, oh, it's a goddamn lock. It'll be at the I Game can, Awards. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. But I think a lot of people thought it was going to be at the Game Awards yeah. this last year. But yeah. we're upset that it wasn't. Um, so, yeah, that, that I like this. I feel like it's a, a, a real good bet that between either a PlayStation showcase that's probably going to happen in May, according to Grub, yeah. or Summer Game Fest kickoff live 
Yeah, in June. Ultimate shenanigans, whatever the fuck they call it. In June. One of those two, it'll be there. Yeah. Uh, to the, the second part of um, Asa, or the five-star man's question here, what do you think is going to take for one of these iconic franchises to stand tall when it's all said and done? I'll tell you right now. Mortal Kombat is going to outsell Tekken and <laughs> Street Fighter easily. That said, in terms of the nerds and critical reception, I think Street Fighter 6 is going to be the one where everybody's like, oh, this is the best, like... This is the. I think Street Fighter Six will win, like the critical side of this is the best fighting game of the year. But Mortal Kombat Twelve is going to dominate in terms of sales and popularity. And yes. then Tekken Eight, I'm gonna love. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're so right. But I think actually that for them to succeed, all coming out the same year is good for them. I think mm -hmm. that in order for these games to really have a chance, the fighting game community needs to be vibrant. So giving them things to do and different things to play. Imagine an Evo where all three of these things are like headline main events. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, that is exciting. And I, I mean, think that's that going to be Evil 2024, hopefully, fingers crossed. Street Fighter VI, uh, having its, uh, the, the, I forget the name of it, the casual mode that it's adding. Yeah, I think the it's modern going, controls. It's, it's going and also to the, like, story, the, the story mode where you're rocking. And the whole story mode thing, too, which I, I'm still a little bit more like, I, I don't know if that's going to hit. But the, um, I think that, that Street Fighter IV was incredibly important for fighting games. I, I think that fighting games, where they're at now, um, a lot of that is owed to Street Fighter 4 kind of redefining like, hey, we're back. Fighting games as a genre are not dead. They are, they're, they're here to stay. Tekken never stopped. Tekken just was kind of like going on forever. Mm -hmm. And then Mortal Kombat 9 um, is another thing. So Mortal Kombat 9 and Street Fighter 4, I think, came out and were just like, hey, we're going to uh, reboot's not the right term, but just yeah. kind of like have a new status quo for what fighting games can be in the mainstream side of things. Of course, the arc system works never stopped. They, they made it so many amazing games. But uh, in terms of what we're talking about here, the big three of Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and Tekken, I think that all three of them, I expect all three of these games to be really good. So I'm not worried about the quality side of it. It is more about the timing. Is there enough audience and all of that? That's my thing is I kind of hope that we get a bit time of, uh, between each of these, right? Like I, ideally I would want two, two of these games come out this year and then two, and then like um, one of these games plus Project L from Riot to come out next year. I mean, wild. Because I think two and two would be a strong like, all right, this is the year of let's say Mortal Kombat 12 and Street Fighter 6. And then let next year be the year of Tekken 8 and Project L, and then maybe Arc System Works comes out with a game the year after, right? Like, I want a solid cadence of very quality fighting games, and I don't want, I don't, basically, I don't want the fighting games to blow their, <laughs> blow their load too early, yeah. and then have next year be like, all right, it's just Project L. I mean, but, but imagine if we got Street Fighter Six in June, mm -hmm. we get Mortal Kombat in November, yeah. we get Tekken in January or February, mm -hmm. and then Project L like later that year. Like that'd be that, such a it'd be perfect great. And I, I do think that um, that would be a, a nice kind of like massaging of an audience where, like you're saying, people like you are going to play them all. Like mm -hmm. you're you're already planning on playing them all. But how many new people is Street Fighter Six going to get in? that they're going to be like, they'll start casual, but end up being like, oh, I actually, get, I'm really into this. And then when Mortal Kombat comes, play that and be like, I want to keep going and then eventually get into the Tekken. I think Tekken is always the hardest sell because it is the most different. It is the most niche. It is the, like, at this point, I think uh, the most, like, it's the, it has the least mainstream appeal. Yeah. That's of, fair to say. Of, of the, the, the big three. Obviously, Project L is kind of its own yeah. beast. But Project that, I think, is the more... Hardcore esports side. Yeah, that, like, and that's the thing. Project L is speaking to the well. I was gonna say the people that play Valorant and stuff, and probably maybe not as directly, but they are speaking to an hardcore audience. Yeah. And it's also going to be free to play, right? And so it's gonna be easy, easy to access. And the tryhards are gonna go hard for Project L, 
Um, but yeah, I do think that you're talking to different audiences. Everybody's going to play Mortal Kombat, right? The mainstream audience is going to play Mortal Kombat. Street Fighter is also going to speak to like the hardcore and the Street Fighter audience, right? Mm-hmm. The traditional fighting game audience. Tekken, I think Tekken coming after Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter would actually be a pretty good thing. Even if even Tekken could come out after Project L, that might be the best case scenario for it because I think I think a lot of these games are going to bring in a lot of people yeah. into fighting games, especially coming back to back. Right? These are these are the big hitters. These are the games that people care about. Street Fighter Six is trying to make itself more approachable th- uh, than ever. Mortal Kombat Twelve probably already going to be approachable because Mortal Kombat. And then Riot or um, Riot's Project L on the level of access, right? Being able to play it free to play, and then it just being a Riot game is going to bring that audience in. Um, I think you're looking at this like this swell of audience that hopefully could then feed into Tekken 8 and lift up Tekken 8 and make Tekken 8 possibly the most popular Tekken. Um, Honestly, I I think that that's... I expect that to be the case. I hope so, because I love Tekken, and I understand why it's not as mainstream as Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. Part of that is history. Part of that is also just the fact that, like, you got the gruesome deaths in, in Mortal Kombat, right? Like, you got just the pure history and iconic status of Street Fighter. Tekken, even though Tekken is iconic because it's been around since the PS1 in arcades... Um, there it is just a pure fighting game, right? Like at the end of the day, it is just, it is just people and bears and kangaroos <laughs> just like just fighting each other. Yeah. Um, but it is the thing that Tekken does have is that it is pretty flashy and it is fun to watch. Like Tekken at Evo, I'd say is the most fun game to watch at Evo. And again, I think Evo could could feed into the popularity of Tekken too. If we get more people watching Evo, Tekken is just a purely fun game to watch, and it's also fun to play there's just that little bit of barrier that you have to get past in order to get good at it yeah i mean it's 3d compared to the other ones right like that is a a difference for sure i i haven't played a tekken for a very long time like i haven't like the last one i really really played was four so like it was a decade probably i've maybe like tried one or two out but like i'm excited for it seven is hot uh, yeah, I can't wait for you to play Tekken Eight. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not. I, I don't want to play Seven at all. I want to just mm. jump into Eight, and That's I, fair. I mean, I'm excited for it because like the trailer looks incredible. It looks really, really, really good. So hopefully, all three hit, and hopefully, all three are as good as I want them to be. Same. Um, but we won't know that for a long time, everybody. But I want to think about it for about a minute. Which one do I think is going to be best? So while I do that, I want you to listen to some ads. Shout out to HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode. Remember those New Year's goals you promised yourself that you'd stick to? Well, HelloFresh is here to help you eat better by delivering fresh ingredients and easy recipes right to your door, taking the hassle out of dinner time. Fast and fresh recipes, HelloFresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions are ready in less than 15 minutes so you can enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with Bernays sauce, or Southwest pork and bean burritos. A ton of us here at Kind of Funny have been using HelloFresh for years. Kevin loves how easy it is to get Paula vegetarian options, while I just love how quick the fast and fresh recipes come together during a hectic day in the studio. Go to HelloFresh.com slash kind of funny 65 and use code kind of funny 65 for 65 percent off plus free shipping that's hellofresh.com slash kind of funny 65 and use code kind of funny 65 for 65 percent off plus free shipping hellofresh america's number one meal kit hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for allowing me that time to ponder. Uh, story number three, everything announced yesterday's state of play. This Let's comes from it. Logan Plant at IGN. A nice little recap. Uh, we got our biggest look yet at Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, which showed off the game's combat, RPG, and live service elements. We saw gameplay of Harley Quinn, King Shark, Captain Boomerang, and Deadshot as they romp around the metropolitan levels, destroying all enemies in sight. Rocksteady also talked about post-launch support, including a cosmetic battle pass, gear score mechanics, and upgradable weapons. Um, Zangief, Lily, and Cammy have all been confirmed for Street Fighter VI. That's two returning characters, one new character. Uh, we got a lengthy trailer for the upcoming Baldur's Gate 3, along with the release date of August 31st. Uh, we got another new look at Capcom's upcoming RE4 remake, which confirmed the presence of Mercenaries Mode, which is a classic feature from the original game. Uh, we also learned that a special demo of the game is on the way. Which, which, which one is Mercenaries Mode? It's just when, it, it's kind of like a... Is it like a horde more mode? of an actiony type uh, like shoot 'em up type thing? Yeah, gotcha. It's fun. It's cool. And yeah, I think if I remember correctly, it originated here. Where did it originate? Three? Huh? No, it was four. It was four. Uh, Destiny 2's Lightfall expansion got a trailer. Uh, Sony kicked off the show with five new games coming to uh, PSVR 2 sometime in 2023. The first game shown was The Foglands, a haunted first-person shooter showing off combat against skeletons, spiders, and more. We also got a look at the VR survival game called Green Hell, which showed the player creating tents, bows, and other tools to survive in a harsh rainforest environment. Uh, up next was a fast-paced first-person shooter with some telekinesis powers called Synapse. Then we saw a sci-fi stealth game based on the iconic Foundation book series by Isaac Isimov. Uh, the last game shown was Before Your Eyes, a colorful interactive adventure about memories in where every time you blink, you jump forward in time. The chat's telling me it was Resident Evil 3. There you go. Oh. Um, the team behind Tetris Effect revealed a new title called Humanity. Um, the game is coming to P the coming on PS5, 4, VR, and VR 2 uh, in May. Uh, Chia. Chia is launching into PlayStation Plus's extra and premium tiers on March 21st. That is awesome. Uh, Goodbye Volcano High is coming to PS5 and 4 on June 15th. Naruto Cross Boruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections uh, got a new trailer. And finally, we got, a new, we got a new look at the upcoming action RPG. For real? <laughs> Wayfinder. No, wrong IP plus. <laughs> wrong IP plus. But, like, you would have believed me if you didn't know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, a, that was a state that, of play. So that was the state of play, That everybody. was the state of play. 
Um, Jordan Deeb writes in and says, hey, KFGD crew, with the reactions to Suicide Squad being mixed at best, I'm starting to wonder, why does it seem impossible to make a good multiplayer superhero game? While we've had decent to great solo superhero games, it seems like any time a canon superhero team like the Avengers or the Bat Family want to get adapted, no one seems to like the game. I'm not saying these games didn't have their faults, but I never understood the argument that Avengers should have been a single-player story game since the whole point of Earth's Mightiest Heroes is that they come together. Do you think there's a way to make superhero game superhero team games superhero teams work in video games or is that something that we just have to give up on bless i i think it just comes down to how you show it off how you pitch it originally and then also genre because i i like injustice is technically a multiplayer superhero game and everybody loves injustice marvel's ultimate alliance 3 and the ultimate alliance series are multiplayer team up superhero games and people love those as well and i think people just have the People have a certain expectation when it comes to to those games because when they originally reveal those games, you know what the, you know what it is, right? Injustice, you knew it was a, a fighting game, right? Marvel's Ultimate, Ultimate Alliance, we know what we know what that is. Um, I think Suicide Squad being uh, Suicide Squad it, it has baggage and expectation partly because it's developed by Rocksteady, and we just have an association already with Rocksteady. And I also think the original trailer, uh, in the original trailers, I'll, I'll even say, didn't do enough in terms of really telling us what this game is right like i don't think it should have taken until a leak for us to understand that this is going to be a an ongoing battle pass live service type of game that's going to get new characters over time and all that stuff right i feel like that is stuff that you could have possibly communicated better in earlier trailers to set people up for that but then also i think just the fact that the gameplay the gameplay of this game and even for uh, marvel's avengers they just don't look amazing. I think that's the main thing, right? Like, if, if this game came out and it looked fantastic and the gameplay looked really fun, of course, people would still have qualms here and there about the kind of game it is, but I also think that the people that are into this kind of game would be sold. You know, you look back at our reaction yesterday, and both me and Andy were like, yeah, this looks fine. It looks fun. Like, we're going to play this game. But I do think that if they showed off more of these elements and it looked doper, you would have had a bit more excitement from me and Andy. Yeah, I think it's just it's hard because the the people that want that, that type of game these team-based superhero games don't want them to be shooters necessarily i feel like yeah. that it's kind of just like from the inception the conceit of what the game actually is just seems to be off i really really enjoyed guardians of the galaxy a couple of years ago and that, and that was a shooter that was a but it was also a team-based like like that's an example i think of a good example of this working yeah right but um even with that i don't think it was a perfect game but i think that it was like it was more than good enough for what they were trying to accomplish playing through Avengers, like the golden gate bridge section in the beginning of that game. I remember playing and be like, this is awesome. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm really into this and like switching between the characters. Like I would love something like that. It's forcing the games as a service um, model onto this that I think that uh, most people that I've seen uh, respond negatively to this are stemming from, right? It comes from this thing of like, this just isn't, it's the monkey paw type situation where I didn't, this isn't what we want from this. And like, I struggle to think that anybody wanting a justice league game or suicide squad game would want either of those things to be this. And again, this looks kind of fun. It does, but the, my gut doesn't tell me I want to shoot things as King shark. I want to shoot purple things in flying in the sky. Yeah. That's just not what this is. And I I think another problem that comes with uh, both this and like, um, 
Avengers is with the kind of shared multiplayer co-op stuff that you d- you don't want characters feeling too different. Like the kind of foundation for each thing has to be similar enough. So when you're swapping characters, it doesn't feel like an entire new game. And that's, I think, the unfortunate reality of like, yeah, all right, each character has to have a gun. Does it make uh, sense for King Shark to be like rolling around with like a a gun? No, I would rather be like rolling around with him and like uh, you know d- tearing people's uh, tearing people in half and stuff with a uh, his big meaty claws and stuff like that. I would rather be like kind of hopping around as Boomerang Man, like using the boomerang to boomerang kill people man. rather than uh, you know uh, using a gun. You know, it, it seems it's fucking like, weird. It, it, it's weird, and that's why like I was saying yesterday at the with the post show. Um, uh, breakdown of the state of play that it just it comes off as generic uh, because the kind of foundation has to be the same and that's not what people want with the shared multiplayer thing where you know you want to actually feel like these different characters and I just think for a shared multiplayer thing that's just really really hard to do and pull off Um, and that's what uh, I I think that's why you're seeing a lot of mixed reaction I think there would be a rather of hey let's not make this multiplayer so you can have fun with like making characters feel different and having more unique abilities and focusing on that uh, without the complications of, of online co-op multiplayer. So, um. yeah, I also think there is a big struggle with the fact that superheroes are the most popular thing on the planet. And we are now a decade into that being a fact. So the expectations for these characters and stories are so through the roof and nigh impossible to please everybody. Right. It's like, there's Guardians, people played, and their first thought is like, but is this like Guardians of the MCU or not? Avengers, the same thing. People are like, that, nah, that's not Tony. This is wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I feel like that is such a, a hard hurdle to get over, even to start. That's before people even play the game. But right? I think DC doesn't have that same problem. I though. think that they do. And I think that they really? do because people see this and they expect it to be bad because they expect DCEU shit to be bad. And it's just like, I don't look at this and go, oh, they're going to get it right. You know what I mean? I look at him like, oh, this is another thing they're fucking up. And I feel like that sucks because you look at Batman, and Batman just doesn't fuck up. Batman had multiple great movie series. The Arkham series is fucking fantastic. Batman has been able to transcend. Spider-Man has been able to transcend. Multiple franchises and people like, don't like, doesn't matter. Insomniac Spider-Man game worked, and we all bought it. We all were like, oh, shit. This is Peter Parker. It's a different Peter Parker. We like this Peter Parker. Yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna and like see this game. And be like, you know what? I really liked that that Batman and that Superman. I do think I do think some of that comes down to expectation on the developer, and then also once again like genre, right? Where Spider Man single player. Spider-Man game developed by Insomniac. We knew from the get-go that that was going to be fire. Mm-hmm. Right? Arkham. After you played Arkham Asylum and you realized how good that game was, you then go. Oh, okay, like these guys know what they're doing when they're making a single player Batman game. But then you announce a Suicide Squad game and it's multiplayer and it has games as a service stuff. I think that immediately tanks a lot of people's expectations as well. Because you're talking about, when you talk about games as a service, so many people are fatigued by the idea of games as a service. I think that is a live service, battle pass, all that stuff are buzz terms that ignite negative emotion out of players. Because most of the time, that stuff does lead to disappointment, you know? Like, I think very few games are able to nail that stuff, right? I look at Destiny, and I'm like, oh, okay, Destiny is the blueprint. This nailed being a, a, a games as a service. But there are very few of those that, are, that have stuck around and that have killed it, right? Like, I mean, dude, you're so right. And to the point that 
How often do we see a game and go, oh, that's a Greg Miller-ass game. That's mm -hmm. a Tim-ass game. That's a Blessing-ass game. We see genres where we're like, oh, I fucking love rhythm games. Oh, I yeah. fucking love uh, the 3D puzzle platformers. I love this. I love this. I've never heard someone be like, I love games as a service. Yeah, oh I have heard people say, I love Destiny. I love Destiny. And I yeah. think that that is very telling that like, and okay, let me know. Is, is there a single person in chat right now that's like, I love games. When I see a battle pass, I know oh, I'm picking that up. I, I know I'm picking that up. It gets me going. Yeah, I think you have to really back that up with a promise of dope content, right? If you are telling me that this is a game that you want me to play for a long time over the course of a year or two years or 10 years, you got to bring the content and the pedigree, right? When we hear that out of Destiny, we're like, well, this is Bungie. Bungie has the talent and the pedigree. Let's see if they can make this happen. And, on, and even for Destiny, it was a rough start, right? At the start, I remember a lot of people complaining about like the content and all this stuff. It took them until what Taking King to actually like get up, get the ball rolling. And now, like, look at how many years it's taken for Destiny to build what it is now. Mm -hmm. That is over the course of I forget what year Destiny came out, but like nine years, eight years, somewhere around that. Do I want to be in this Suicide Squad world? for more than two weeks <laughs> i probably not when i look at the writing i look at the cutscenes. i'm like no i want i want to play through it i want to get to whatever the natural end is but i don't want to play this game for a year or two years i mean it's a it's a tough thing to sell and i and i also think that when it comes to pitching games as a studio or as a publisher players are very savvy a lot of the time when it comes to hey is this a money grab or is this not a money grab games as a service and live service most of the time comes off as a money grab and you really got to justify why you are doing it this way or else people are just going to go this is a money grab yeah absolutely L last thing i want to say is uh, and i know we've talked about this before but i don't think that we are wrong for being hesitant about this game when we saw crystal dynamics a team that we loved that makes love mm -hmm. that makes that we love because they make high quality single player games yeah it made dope ass tomb raider games they then made a multiplayer avengers game that we were all like i don't know about this and then it came out and we're all like i don't know about that yeah and then we have rocksteady who make incredible single player games and now they're making a Suicide Squad slash Justice League game that's multiplayer games as a service. And we're all like, I don't know about that. Mm. Doing the math there. Just doing the math. Story number four. Dice Awards 2023 recap. This comes from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Uh, the 26th annual Dice Awards have arrived, and while God of War Ragnarok led the night with seven wins, Elden Ring took home the ultimate prize of Goaty 2022. Uh, the Dice Awards are hosted by the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences, and this year's show was hosted by IGN Stella Chung and Kind of Funny's Greg Woo! Miller. Ooh, Hell, Greg Miller. Yes. <laughs> I did not get the chance to watch this yet. I always oh, love watching so the opening monologue and watching their bits, but uh, it was my brother's birthday last night, so we took him out for a nice little dinner. Oh. Uh, but I'm very excited to watch it. You guys could watch it. It's on uh, IGN, so go check that out. Support Greg. Support Stella. Support Dice. Support video games uh there are 23 different categories in the show and as previously mentioned god of war ragnarok won the most categories including outstanding achievement awards for animation art direction character original music composition audio design and story uh elden ring alongside winning game of the year won four other categories outstanding technical achievement outstanding achievement in game design outstanding achievement in game direction and role-playing game of the year alongside honoring games and their studios the dice awards took the time to induct double fine productions founder tim schaefer into hey. the academy of interactive arts and sciences hall of fame for his over 30 year impact on the games industry shout out to tim 
one of the greatest that our industry has ever graced us with. Have you gotten the chance Love to that. check out or start Psychodicy, the Psychonauts documentary? I have not. I'm I, a little overwhelmed by it. It's, it's very it's overwhelming. Lot, yeah. I'm five videos in, and it is very, it's a very good watch. Yeah. And when I hear Roger and Bear talk about it, I'm like, oh, I need to get further into it. I it have, sounds like it gets way more I crazy. I only have the last episode left, and yeah. it's like an hour and a half. Uh, so yeah, that'll be a that'll be a fun thing to finally finish this weekend, and it's cool too because like when you uh, watch through that and you see like all the people who come like through and like uh, come in and start at Double Fine and leave Double Fine, like one of the former employees that is like kind of a big chunk of the story uh, of Psych Odyssey. Um, is the one who introduced him on stage for the Dice Awards who doesn't work at Double Fine anymore. But that was, like, such a sweet, like, oh, shit, like, I know that, like, he left and now he gets to introduce him because he was a big part of uh, mm. of Double Fine for a while. And that was so cool to see. Um, and it was it was cool to see Tim and uh, Double Fine get a lot of love last yeah. night because they're, they're a great... They're a great of, studio. Uh, great group of people. Yeah, like, I... You know, I often wish that I got more into into Psychonauts, but I did get really into Broken Age when I played Broken Age. And that's still like whenever I think about Broken Age, I get like warm feelings. I'm like, man, yeah. I fucking love that game so much. And that's the kind of creativity I love out of studios. Yeah, bring in these different ideas, uh, bring in these different games. I, f I forgot about uh, Ramus of Ruin, the Psychonauts VR game mm -hmm. that they put out. And yeah, like when you're a studio that's willing to shift back and forth between putting out traditional adventure games, uh, brutal legend. platformers, brutal legend, like yeah, like that's a that's a really dope skill and ability and freedom to have uh as a studio and yeah like there are parts where i'm watching the documentary and i'm like man i kind of want to make a video game like <laughs> making <laughs> like making video games oh my just god a, masochist just I like know. on a just on a creative level like there's i even though it seems like the hardest process in the world there, there it also just seems very like very creatively um, gratifying. It's it's hard not to Soft get infected track. by uh, infected by like the creativity that yeah. you also see in the conversations with all of those people at Double Fine, and you're just like, man, like what what worlds could we come up with? You Best know, thing but, is like the, listen to them pitch their different ideas, right? And some of the ideas get fucking shut down, and some of the ideas are like, all right, how can we improve in this and yeah. iterate on this? That's the part that I that I find so fun and interesting and like that's the part where i'm like man and, video and game development where is they so do cool like amnesia Fortnite, where they like take two weeks off of uh whatever project they're working on to just make like essentially do like uh what is it called like a uh, um kind of making like little games in just two weeks and see what uh see what you can do and uh in a couple projects for a couple weeks it's it's really cool yeah uh, moving on to the final story of the day. Story number five, Hogwarts Legacy sales hit 12 million copies and 850 million in two weeks. This comes from Tom, Av Tom Ivan at VGC. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy sold over 12 million copies uh, in sales globally in its first two weeks, according to publisher Warner Brothers Games. The open-world action RPG was released on all of the next-gen consoles on February 10th and, quote, exceeded sales records across the three platforms to become the company's biggest launch ever. Uh, Warner also claimed the game has broken company records for player engagement with 280 million hours played to date. Quote, we're thrilled and proud to see the player response to Hogwarts Legacy from gamers, fans who are new to gaming, and reviewers around the world, uh, said Warner Brothers Games president Haddad. Uh, our development team at Avalanche delivered an amazing high-quality Wizarding World experience that truly fulfills the fan fantasy of life at Hogwarts, and our publishing teams have ex executed a globally impactful launch campaign. 
What a fucking lame ass way to put that. <laughs> like, uh, you don't like them saying that they executed a globally impactful launch campaign? That <laughs> uh, person needs to uh, link up with the, the guy from a couple stories ago with the long title. Um, Hogwarts <laughs> Legacy will be released on last-gen consoles on April 4th, and then Nintendo Switch on July 25th, which I'm sure is only going to make these numbers yeah, skyrocket even, even more. more. Um, developer Avalanche Software recently claimed it currently has no plans to release Hogwarts Legacy DLC expansion. That's interesting. Yeah. Can you imagine coming out and be like, "Hey, we don't have plans." Yeah, well, <laughs> that's a refreshing in a little bit of a, a way. Do you think they're gonna they're gonna have plans after these numbers? I don't know. I feel like that's on on some level you must have predicted that it's gonna do this well because it's Harry Potter, right? And you know you know the scope of the game that you're making, and you know that like there is an audience that is probably gonna be very ravenous for it. Um, I wonder if this is. I wonder if the turnaround is to like make Hogwarts Legacy two. As quickly as possible. And when I say as quickly as possible, I mean like, I mean, like in five years. <laughs> uh-huh. Put it out. Yeah, like maybe make that your focus and uh, um, try and continue on with the franchise. Well, bless. A Hogwarts Legacy 2 is so far away. If I wanted to know what's coming to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I go? So the easy route on that transition. I know, man. Hey, we're, tra- we're, we're running a little later. <laughs> you would go to the official <laughs> list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, we got Clive and Wrench on uh, the PlayStation systems and Switch and PC. Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe on Switch. Octopath Traveler 2 on PS5, 4, Switch and PC. Kerbal Space Program 2 Early Access on PC. The Pale Beyond on PC. Rocky, Pocky and Rocky Reshrined on PC. Uh, out, oh, Lord. Atelier? I, uh, I don't know. I'm just saying. Atelier? <laughs> Maybe. Atelier If Riza. it's French, it's an Atelier. If it's not French, at Liar. Uh, at Liar, Riza. Three, Alchemist of the End and The Secret Key on Switch, PS5, PS5 and Switch. Why'd they run it that I way? That's, that's, I don't know where I got that from. That must have been IGN. Wolong Fallen Dynasty demo is up from today that's to March 26th. Right? Atelier? Yeah. Ooh, there's a good chance. There's a good chance. Sounds like it. Um, and new that's dates for you. Oh, oh, well, well. Uh, great incidents coming to PC, current and next generation consoles on June 9th, 2023. Deals of the day, PlayStation Plus essential games for March 2023 are Minecraft Dungeons, Code Vein, and Battlefield 2042. Somebody said it's pronounced Greece. <laughs> Let's go to your wrong. What did we get wrong on this beautiful Friday? Um... Oh, Charles Jacobson wrote in uh, saying that additional Suicide Squad info, it will require an online connection, even if playing single player. I saw this going around. We'll fucking see. Boo. Did they change this? This has been ruining my Gran Turismo experience. Ugh. Boo, stop it. Uh, next week's host on Monday, Greg Miller returns. It will be me and Greg. Remember, we will be live at 6 a.m. Pacific, reacting to the Pokemon Presents. I bet you sleep through it. And then I'll they announce. Sleep through it. Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then they announced like the next big Pokemon. Tim, yeah. we should probably like set our set our alarms now before we forget. <laughs> I know. Dude. Oh my god, I will remember. I'm actually really, really excited about this one. I mean, obviously, I, I'm a born again Pokemon master, and yes. I really thought uh, you were gonna say Christian. <laughs> uh, and I'm really, really excited uh, for the DLC. I think we're gonna get DLC. I think we're gonna get some of the Game Boy games. Yeah. Um, so hey, ooh, the Game Boy games would be tight. I think it's happening. I think right. it's happening. But let's don't get my hopes. Stay tuned. We'll find out on Monday. Greg's returning for that. Um, and then. You know what? Next week, it's just, I don't even want to say who the hosts are because I'm going to be honest. I think this is going to change. Okay, <laughs> but it's going to be fun. So stay tuned. Hang out with us. And if you're watching live, hang out with Mike, Andy, and Nick. Guess what? They're playing Dice's Game of the Year, Elden Ring. 
more wow. Elden Ring as their journey continues. Can we do like uh, a then, Pokemon Blue race if Pokemon comes to the Game Boy thing? A where, Blue race? Like, a, like a, the first to catch a Pidgey. Okay. I don't know. I'm a I, like, such a weird. <laughs> I want to make like because I I want to I want a reason to go back and play Pokemon Blue. Yeah. And even if it's just for 15 minutes. Yeah. Let's make some content, Tim. That's content, what I'm here. I'm baby. a producer. That's what we need. That's in my host. I'm a content. producer. We're doing, a, we're doing a Pokemon race. What are we doing here? Um, I had some things first to say. Beat the first gym, I guess. Oh, Monday's going to be big. Last thing I want to say before y'all go watch Elden Ring on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames or youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. I want to let y'all know that Monday we're doing 6 a.m. live Pokemon Presents. Then we're doing our Last of Us uh, reaction at 9 a.m. Then Games Daily at 10. And then the Blessing Show that we keep hyping up and we're going to continue to keep hyping up drops at 11 a.m. I would really appreciate it if every single person watching this right now shows up at 11 a.m., watches this video, shares it with their friends. We are really proud of this thing. I want this to beat Greg Miller's Avengers Blessing Show. We have to fucking do it, Bless. Impossible. It's gonna happen. But I'm not gonna try. happen. I'm because down to try. Of you. He stood up. Thank you for your support. He's on his two feet. I'm standing up and I'm serious. He's serious. Until next time, it's been my pleasure to serve you.